Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Spartan Forge. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription, Black Rifle Coffee. Also, just want to say a big thank you to our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series strings are what we all run on our bows. We absolutely love them. Go and create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Before we get into this episode, let's thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with the Rhino and Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail and Featherlight knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leather work, make products that will last a lifetime. Check them out over at SheaButlerKnives.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Thanks to our partners over at Tether. Tether makes premium saddle gear by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. They just dropped some new gear like the MVP, which can turn your saddle into a two panel or just a more rigid back support and also some new suspenders. So if your saddle tends to sag, grab a pair and both items are retrofitted. So it doesn't matter what saddle or brand you have, they're going to work. Check them out at tethernation.com. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Spartan Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out over at SpartanForge.ai. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We are on episode 102, and for this episode, Dimitri and I switched things up a little for this episode. We broke down the gear we used this season, and we talked a little in depth about certain pieces of what we liked and what we didn't like. We also talked about a little bit about what we have planned coming up in the future and a little bit more. So enjoy this episode. Enjoy some time with your families this week, and Merry Christmas. Antler Up. 
I checked Troy Dietrich's contest to yeah. see if we won anything, mm-hmm. which was cool. And then people had a chance to win anything just from a drawing. Gotcha. Uh, he had a bunch of different stuff, and my name didn't get called. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, funny. No, no. He had like he's like Jeremy. I was like, ooh, maybe I won. It was like a sweatshirt and like Rage Broadheads. Yeah. And he's like, no, no. And he, he's like, oh, let me look at the numbers. And I'm sitting there and like Heather and Nora are trying to talk to him. I'm like, hold on. I think I won some. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, I was looking, watching, watching. And he's like, no, it's not Jeremy. And then it was, he said some other name. I was like. <laughs> false alarm. For, yeah, false alarm. Jeez. I but, never win anything. So. <laughs> I know, but no, we just, uh, so it's Dimitri and I tonight. We are actually at Dimitri's house. Wanted to switch things up and I wanted to look at some, uh, some antlers <laughs> in the garage <laughs> just cause, uh, I ain't seen shit. So, uh, we'll switch up tonight, which will be fun, but we, uh, we wanted to do something just to kind of end of the, the, obviously we talked about our, our season and how things go and how things went, but talk about some of the gear. We're going to do a little mini gear series podcast coming up these next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll spread it out, and but we just want to talk about some of the things that we use this year, uh, what we liked, maybe what we didn't like, and you know, full disclaimer. I mean, mm-hmm. for all the equipment that we use, we don't get paid by anybody, <laughs> so it's not going to be a Homer episode by any means, and we don't want it to come across like that. And uh, I think too for for me, some of my stuff. I've been using it for the past couple of years. It really wasn't anything new. Um, but, you know, for you had a couple of things that, that were new for, for you this year. And so we just want to just talk about some things that we liked. And uh, our hope is that uh, these next couple of weeks, say if we have, if we're talking clothing, you know, maybe we have two different, maybe we have someone on for boots and we have someone on for clothing. And uh, if you have questions, we'll go live with the bullhorn or beforehand and you could submit uh questions and we could get that individual on and they could answer some of those questions. So we want to make that kind of more interactive for you as a listener uh, and have fun with it. So where do you want to start? Uh, uh, Maybe, you know, some things we've been using in the past that's Mm -hmm. worked for us again, you know, you know, I think gear's tough just because there's so much out there, you know, there's so much gear, there's so much information out there there's people that are sponsored and they're telling mm-hmm. you this is the best thing since sliced bread, you know? So, I mean, especially a time when the, the new bows get released, you know, I always laugh, <laughs> you know, I always tell you, Hey, you <laughs> send me a free bow and I would tell you how great it is yeah. too. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to get judge that information based off videos because you want to make the best judgment, you know, especially some equipment bows, you can go and shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can kind of get your hands on it. You can get the feel of it. Some things like broadheads or um, boots you can put on just for, you know, to walk around mm-hmm. maybe. Right. So you're not getting the real feel of being out in the woods or, you know, climbing mountains or, um, and, and vi- for clothing as yep. well. Right. You know, you don't get to go out and wear it in 20 degree temperature and see if it keeps you warm. Until so, then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a lot of, misconception out there possibly when mm-hmm. you're looking for reviews or you know people can say that they're not biased and they probably they could be right you know and and gear is going to be fit diff- people differently as well yep. we talk about that all the time where you know especially with bows or you know 
some things, you know, footwear, right? Mm-hmm. You know, being a physical therapist, I, you know, I understand the foot, you know, and the mechanics of the foot and how one sole might be better for you versus me, right? Yeah. Because I might um, be a little more flat-footed. You might be high-arched, right? So a different boot's going to fit you better, right? It's not that the, the boot's crappy, Right. right for me, right. Um, it could be an expensive, great boot, but just if my foot's different, um, right. it's going to affect me when I'm out in the field versus you. So, you know, there's a lot of different factors going involved. So it's not like we're just talking bad about something. We're just doing our real life experience right. with some of this uh, gear. So you know, just throwing it out there. And again, it's it's one of those things you get the best information, and then you kind of try things out and use what's best for you. Right. Exactly. Well, let's start with the boot just because you know, we're just talking about that. So I always, the past two years ran the crispy Thor twos. And I also scored a cr- crazy deal of the GTX Wyoming or the Wyoming GTX twos, uh, which I, I noticed a lot of people like those for out West types, uh, hunts. But what I liked about them for this year, I wore them mainly, I actually wore, I split, I would say, uh, for the colder early season and colder, I use those kind of in that in between October, I wore my Thor twos. And my only reason was because I had, uh, sheep insoles on them early. Uh, and I, I found out that you could use like your HSA card. So if anybody has a, for your insurance, HSA, you got money in there, you know, like my wife and I, she, we put in for our paycheck every, every month, I guess for that. And, you know, we have a nice, nice chunk of money for that and it's all for the bills and you know luckily for our family knock on wood we're pretty healthy i was like hey uh there's these souls that you know you could pay with our hsa do mind if i score a set so she's like go for it so i got the green light like early on because i just wanted to see how they would change like you were saying you know just custom and what's the i wanted to see what the hype was and uh, i really like those i actually might put them in my normal sneakers to wear them for for right now but then I swapped those out with my UGG, the sheepskin insoles for the colder because both boots are uninsulated. Uh, but I, the, they fit similar. Um, both are nine and a half. I would say the Wyoming's are, they look bulkier, but they don't feel bulkier, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thors definitely fit a little bit more tighter uh, compared uh, but I mean, both were great for what we were doing. I have zero. If I were to go out, if we go out west again, I probably would take both with me just to wear every other day, just because you know I have that luxury of having two different boots. But um, if I were to pick one, probably would go towards the Thors. I just I don't know. There's something about them. The heel's not too big. Um, they're stiffer than the than the Wyoming's. Uh, I think one on their rating. Um, but I mean, they're the only thing I will say the knock is on, on the Thors are the bottom of the soles. They're just not as, I, I was shocked that they didn't be so rugged and, and kept, they went dull a little bit, a lot quicker than I thought. Yeah. So I've been rocking the same boot. Probably. I just told my wife for probably six years. Yeah. Uh, I have the Under Armour Brow Tines, and um, they're 800 grams, so they're a little heavy for early season or doing a lot of hiking, Yeah. Uh, so my feet probably sweat quite a bit, but they are extremely comfortable. So, you know, I'm 
a little bit different. I, I don't like a stiffer boot mm-hmm. uh, just because I have stiff ankles, right? And I'm also what we would say is a heel striker, right? So I hit with my heels quite a bit. Um, so some people will strike with their midfoot a little bit more. Some people are more of a toe striker, um, but I hit with my heels. So if I have a thicker heel and a stiffer boot, my heels, especially when I do a lot of hiking, get really sore and yeah. um, get irritated. So, which I kind of found out West, I had a, um, a pair of Cabela's. Um, I think they're called the Mendel boots um and after two days my feet were hurting so bad yeah that i had to change and i went into just a simple pair of luckily i took out a pair of merrill hiking shoes which they were low tops um but they worked out perfect yeah like i said i have i have a stiffer ankle um so and we weren't in any crazy mm-hmm. rocky terrain which you know if you were elk hunting you probably wouldn't get away with those um but where we were at that was okay but um, I'm actually going to be in the market for a new pair of boots this year because uh, I think it started out in turkey hunting and then coming early fall when it was wet out, my feet were soaked. So these boots are pretty much done. They've lived their life. And so I've been researching some new mm-hmm. boots. Like a lot of the new boots haven't come out. Yeah. So I've been kind of just researching and seeing what I wanted to go with. I think what I'm going to do is go with a non-insulated boot which would be more for if I do out west ever or early season in the mid-season, um, doing a lot of hiking and, yeah. uh, you know, climbing up into the tree, being a little more mobile. Because I do have a couple other boots that are heavier. Um, I think I have a 1,000-gram pair of boots as well. So if you get into that later season mm-hmm. or into rifle season where I'm going to sit in colder temperatures, I could just throw those on instead. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to look for like a mid-high boot uh, you know, I want something that's a little bit lighter. Uh, some boots, you know, you got to look at how heavy are they, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's something you want. Maybe that's something you don't want. Um, again, everyone's foot's going to be a little bit different. Some people like insoles, some people don't like insoles. Uh, so, you know, just depending on how strong you're, you know, you have a lot of intrinsics in your foot and you have, uh, certain muscles that support your arch. Um, you know, and sometimes maybe there's a, some, exercises a lot of probably western hunters lack on right you know that they could um definitely because if your arch is flattening the whole time you're out there hiking you could irritate your foot a little bit uh which could make you some of the tendons sore and inflamed which could cause you not to irritate or uh tolerate as much hiking so and you always hear about the blisters and stuff but you don't hear any really sometimes of this kind of talk yeah so i mean you know there's a lot of uh people out there that could kind of steer you in the right direction, not tell you exactly what boot to buy, but maybe, you know, physical therapist or someone could um, just kind of point you in the direction of what to look for in a boot. Right. Same thing with like a running shoe, right? You know, um, different runners wear different type of sneakers. There's yeah. all kinds of, and it's the same thing with, with boots. So, you know, I've, I've kind of checked out the Solomons a little bit. Mm-hmm. They make a great hiking shoe. A lot of hunters like, like those as well. Um, I've been looking at the Krispies. I'll tell you what, we need to go to uh, to Belfont. 
go yeah. to that center boot company so we could check that out yeah there's there and then there's also Leedy's okay um in altoona okay uh they also have a bunch of about probably the same brands yeah. you know and it's it's hard to buy a boot online and oh, not yeah. put it on your feet mm-hmm. foot uh so you know i definitely want to get in there and and try a couple different boots on um, but that's what I'll be kind of looking for this year. So yeah. it's one thing I'm, I've been repping for a long time. It's time to change, get something new. Yeah. Well, like you said, it, it comes apart where, you know, the material just after so long, just kind of stop working. Basically it's like anything else anymore, but I mean, kind of going off of being soaked. We were in, when we were in Delaware, when it rained it, we were stomping through like that one swampy stuff. And it wasn't until on our hike back that I felt my feet wet. They hold up great. I mean, in the snow, when you, we would go a couple of years ago when it was snowing out, when we were doing our deer drives and stuff during rifle season, I had a different pair. I had the summits. I think that those were my first crispy that I had for, I think three years and they held up great. And it was, I took good care of them. I sold them. <laughs> That's what I actually used that money to get the, the, the Wyoming. So, right. well, and I know a lot of people even like rubber boots, right? They say for white tail, mm-hmm. Uh, we do a little bit more walking yeah um and especially being a mobile hunter and climbing up sticks and being in a saddle i have a bigger foot to begin with yeah so some of the rubber boots are pretty bulky you know it's just not my cup of tea i'm, <laughs> I'm not a real big fan of the rubber boots and maybe you are yeah. you know but um i just think it's depending on what hunter you have you know if maybe if you are hunting a private piece where you know you don't have to walk right. far to your stand and your presets that might be the best bet for you um i don't know i people say rubber boots have less scent which is probably true but i mean if you're playing the wind right anyway yeah is it making that big of a difference yeah i don't know yeah i don't know um the one piece of gear that i really enjoyed this year uh, and I think I think you'll agree is the solitude vest. <laughs> yeah, I love that thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you know, not to. I, that was a piece that really could go a ton of different ways, like mm-hmm. as far as temperatures and how you could layer it with. And actually, I ran that even during the first day of rifle season back at home as my like under like it was like a uh insulated piece too yeah so well and you know being in the stand especially for archery i i like to be very minimal in how many layers i have mm-hmm. i just don't like the bulky sleeves yep when you're hunting archery hunting and you know i had the uh sick vest mm-hmm. uh when they came out with that several well it's been probably yeah. three or four years ago now but you know and i love that piece because it was warm kept your chest warm um but your arms were pretty free and, and minimal so your arms didn't co- get cold enough where right. you needed a jacket maybe you had just like a hoodie or a light coat on but that vest was enough to keep your core right warm enough to be in the stand so when first light came out with the solitude vest i was so excited yeah you know and that's the one piece i felt like i was missing from um my set uh so jumped on it this year finally got to pull it out during the rutcation yep and because we had pretty warm temperatures right so we didn't even get to really layer that much um until that mid november time frame and I had the salty vest on when I killed my buck. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a huge game put changer. You know, you had the, the pass through. If you have the bibs underneath, yep. 
which uh, which I loved even with the Solitude jacket. Yep. Um, I think that's a good way. You get to put a hand warmer in there, in that muff, in the the bit, any sort of bibs, and you are probably money for the all day set. Yeah, kind of like what Dimitri said. I didn't have a chance to wear it until November as well. I've, it's so funny because last year, I don't think I touched my Catalyst jacket like at all, but I wore that more this year just because of what you said. It, it was warmer. I think I wore only my Solitude jacket once. I wore the vest three times maybe. But yeah, and, and I will say this. The one thing that I like a lot about the jackets from first light is the cut of the arm sleeves. Like it's like a, like they, when they say they are bow shooter. Now I know a lot of people gripe about the, like the zip up by your neck area compared to maybe Sitka. Um, just because when you, if you zip up all the way for when people are anch- anchoring, they, mm-hmm. they have issue with that. However, you know, the trade off is, well, your, your sleep cut is so much better compared to, I think a fanatic jacket. Like for me, I'm, I wear medium for everything because of the way the system works for first light. I needed to be a medium in one thing from Sika and a large and other things. And so when that came, the arms just were too bulky. I was always afraid of hitting that string or whatever on that arm sleeve. So they have that bow hunter cut, uh, on first light, which I really like. Um, but yeah, I think like Dimitri said, that vest really opens up a plethora of different scenarios because you could layer. I found myself layering with like the furnace. Uh, That's what, that was a new piece for me this year as well. I I love that piece. And you, you talked a lot about it last year, even before the season. So I did jump on that this year. Um, just because I was always wearing just your old, you know, uh, not the old long johns, (laughs) but, uh, but the furnace was pretty ideal, yeah. you know, especially those colder temperatures um, as a base layer. I was pretty happy with that as well. You know, you would think it's like, well, is it worth money paying this much for long johns technically, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to be honest, but uh, I definitely think it's worth the investment. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you were going to spend money on anything, you know, the furnace is probably... Yeah. You're back. Because if yeah. you want to sit all day, you got to be warm. Yep. And it's all about your core temperature. Yep. And um, that's probably where I would start. I tell you what, one thing that I did this year, a better job of, uh, is the walking in to like try not to sweat. You know, one, I took my time. I'll, I'll, I felt like I, I took my time better uh, and not rushing to hurry up and get to my spot to set up quietly. Uh, one, but then two, I layered properly you always hear people like i go in 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 my base layers and i always was one that like what you know what i mean Mm. just because you're carrying stuff and um but i did that more often than not this year and man it changed like the one the day even during rifle season when you uh and i were down here but like just behind uh here i i felt so much better because i climbed up i then i like i stood there before i climbed up the stand then i threw my jacket on you know what I mean? And then I was, I was perfectly fine. I wasn't sweating. Um, but however, the furnace does dry pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the one thing too, about the base layers. And you could see, and I think anybody listening, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but like, even if you go on like rock slide, like I don't go on there often, but, uh, I don't even have like a, 
membership for that website or anything, but when you Google or if you're looking for base layers, anybody that's in the market for that, you'll notice a lot of people favor First Lights compared to other brands. Mm -hmm. And like people will say, hey, mix and match, you know, for anybody that's not loyal or whatever to one that doesn't need to have that one specific brand. More often than not, First Light is the base layers um, that people are running. Um, So I I think they, like Dimitri said, if you're going to buy one piece, I would definitely go that base layer route for sure from First Light. And I mean, there's tons of different products of maybe what your needs are, but um, the two, three pieces that I would highly recommend would be the Furnace base layer and the catalyst bibs now because they have them i mean you could go with the pants as well but the bibs work great just for another layer by your chest area and then that third piece being that solitude vest because i'm telling you you could you could do some damage with that as far as being comfortable (laughs) you know you could even when it's only 40 degrees you could go up there and have that as a piece and you'd be warm oh you'd be over warm Mm -hmm. and then when it gets cooler if you have another layer underneath that along with the base layer like you should be pretty pretty solid yeah absolutely so that's you know that as as other gear as far as like clothing wise um i don't think there was anything no that was new you know yeah i think that as far as clothing that was pretty much it for this year yeah yeah i really I, i mean i really like the I know the the specter pattern at first you're, you know, people had different maybe opinions and how it looked. And, you know, I thought it it looks good. Um, Mm -hmm. as for like when I mean how, when I say looks good, I wore it early. I remember being up to my dad's early up on the club, up on the mountain and the colors seemed to match. And then even like later on in the season, it, it tended to match pretty Mm -hmm. well. Uh, I think a time like now when there's nothing on the trees, (laughs) Uh, I missed the cipher a little bit mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, most of my stuff's in the fusion. I'm still a fusion guy, but, yeah. uh, yeah. I just like that pattern, but I think, you know, there's always talk about, you know, there's always a science behind it, Yeah. you know, which is you go on their website, you can check that out. But, uh, there's some great stuff out there. I, I think the trend is now where flannel again flannel flannel. yeah with the vest on (laughs) that's the 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 new look again uh but hey man that's awesome that's usually my everyday outfit is a flannel but yeah so i think that covers the clothing aspect uh the vest is is definitely a a nice little touch for sure uh and then as far as maybe some archery equipment goes uh you were new to the saddle this year we talked we talked a little bit about it already but i i think um being year two for me man it's it's evolved as far as like me personally understanding how i can maneuver better uh i become more still (laughs) you know i'm not just moving around probably Mm -hmm. as much as i once was and just finding what's comfortable and just being able to maneuver more quickly and efficiently in it has been my year two takeaway for it yeah i mean I'll be honest, when, when I first tried the saddle last year, when you first got it, yeah. you brought it up, uh, tried it on. We were only like a foot or two off off the ground, and I was like, man, this thing is not for me. <laughs> I was swinging all over the place, and I I didn't really get the concept, and I, I kind of dismissed it pretty quickly. Um, 
just thinking because I, you know, and some things you're just comfortable with, right? Yeah. And it's hard to change. And I've always been a climber guy. And, um, but now that I've used it, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me was the, the trees that I could get in with yeah. sticks in the saddle. Um, you know, I was always so limited to once I got in there, especially in the dark too, because, you know, we do a lot of morning sits mm -hmm. throughout the season and you get in there and you're trying to find, you know, that, that stick pole, telephone pole style tree, it's, which we probably in our area, it's not terrible. Right. But it's not ideal. Right. And then the problem is, is if you find that tree, you know, do you have a lot of openings or a cover? Is it, you know, in the best location? So you're very um, limited mm -hmm. to where you can get into. And, you know, you always get up there and it's like, oh, if I was 10 yards over this way or 20 <laughs> yards over this way, I probably got a shot opportunity. But with it being more mobile in the sticks and the saddle, you pretty much can get in any tree yep. as long as it's not dead. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I, I mean, I've been into really small trees or really large trees, as long as my straps for my sticks go around, which usually you can get in pretty big trees. Well, yeah. and you know, that was the biggest thing for me. And then the, the limited weight that I had to carry in, right. You have a stand and even though I have a pretty light climber and a backpack, I mean, your back's pretty sore. Right. And mm -hmm. then going through some of that brush you're smacking your stand or trying to turn sideways and some of those thickets, you know, in that saddle with, with just your normal backpack and your bow, you're just going. Yep. Right. And, yep. and that was, that was great this year. Um, so those are two, two key things that were, and, you know, I felt comfortable, yeah. you know, it, the saddle is something that's going to take a little bit of time, but it's not as difficult as people think it is. Yeah. If you give it a chance, you're going to shoot out of it a couple times. You're going to be, you're going to say it's not that bad. Yep. Now I will say it takes a little bit more core strength, obviously that, um, to do some of the shots that you normally would. Uh, and I've talked about this before on some of the other podcasts is I, I was working on some core, uh, things yeah. in the gym just to prepare myself for that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, nothing extensive. Um, but I did do some things more than I typically would to make sure I had the, the strength to pull some of those shots, shots off. off. Yep. So, you know, it, it went along with some of the extra work in the gym and then it also went with practice, um, just shooting out of it, yep. which is kind of, um, going to help you prepare for that, which I shot my, my buck out of, mm -hmm. you know, the saddle this year. And, you know, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. You know, well, I hit that deer w with it, which was on the weak side. So mm -hmm. it was basically kind of tree stand, um, tree stand, uh, style. And then I was on strong side for the buck and, you know, no issues either way. Yeah. So I felt real comfortable, you know, and I like it cause I feel, um, supported and I can, move just a little bit because i kind of get antsy in the stand mm -hmm. when i sit for long times um so i can move a little bit and kind of look around and you know make sure i'm not spooking anything and you can kind of get away with a little bit more movement i yeah. feel like um with the tree between you tree between yeah. you you know i probably probably get caught more than i should you know moving but uh i think you can get away with that a little bit more in the saddle yeah um, and I also think, you know, in those long day sits, I mean, again, I'm always pulling physical therapy things at people, but, uh, you know, there's some more things you can do to stay warm 
and not move as much in the saddle than you can in a tree stand, yeah. right? Um, you can do, you know, we call like, like some mini squats is what we use the term in physical therapy. Um, you know, you can do some calf raises or calf stretching off your platform. Um, you know, you can use, I've even used the ropes, um, your bridge as some, um, shoulder isometrics, right. You know, for, you're not actually moving, but you're kind of getting blood flow to your arms a little bit, uh, which is, you know, maybe something we could do a video on yeah. is some things that you could do, um, to stay warm, to stay flexible, reduce back pain. Um, you know, I, I think that is another, uh, topic is, you know, I didn't have the lumbar support. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one all day sit that I had in the saddle was difficult. Yeah. Which I think that would have been a little helpful. Help yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, you can do some cat camel, mm-hmm. some stretches in the, for your low back as well in the saddle. So there's all different things that you can do, um, to help get you through an all day sit. I mean, um, I think any stand is difficult to, oh, yeah, <laughs> to do that all day, day. sit, yeah. no matter what, what you're in. But I mean, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the saddle and I'm going to definitely use it moving forward. It is time for this week's Vortex Nation Highlight. Hey guys, my name is Tim Sisak. I'm from Northeastern Pennsylvania. And this week's tip is on understanding deer trails. Although it's not talked about much amongst the industry, but knowing how to dissect a deer trail can lead to greater success. I categorize a deer trail into three groups, primary, secondary, and tertiary. Primary trails are self-explanatory and most obviously identify as a main trail. They're used by most game and usually used by the local herd consistently. Secondary and tertiary trails are completely situational to each area. These routes serve as escape routes from open to cover, allow for bucks to scent check bedding areas without exposing themselves, and serve as more hidden connections to the bedding areas. One way to better understand an area is to use a mapping app like Onyx. Hike the deer trails with the tracker on. You can drop waypoints at main intersections so you can return to that area to document the intersecting trail then. I typically identify the trail as a primary, secondary, or tertiary when finishing the trail, and then I color code the track accordingly. You'll be able to completely lay out that area from an aerial standpoint after you get home. I've had most of my consistent success on secondary and tertiary trails that these bucks will travel while taking advantage of the natural landscape. They'll never even know a hunter was present. Next time, step away from the obvious trails and off the beaten path to find these productive trails and improve your success. Yeah, I again, I echo everything that you said and you know, I think uh, for individuals that are interested in it, whether it doesn't matter what company, uh, yes, we use Tethered, uh, had a good chance to build a relationship with, with those people uh, working there. However, what I love is you go to a Tethered Teach and Train Tour event, and I think this upcoming summer uh, well, there's going to be a, kind of like a different style to them coming up, uh, you know, so a little disclaimer there if if i'm wrong don't you know beat us over the head with it but for what i think is coming to happen this summer if you see them in your area go to it just because one you have a chance even if you saddle hunt already you have a chance to maybe win some cool stuff and then two you have uh uh, opportunities to see new gear but then three if you are new to it you get in them 
Like you could legit get in it and try it and you could learn from people that have been doing it for years or have a ton of success doing it. And, you know, it's a cool experience. Like we, you know, we, we held one here in our locally and, uh, in, in our area in center County. And we did one kind of outside of Philly area as well, uh, in May. And, you know, I think moving forward, they're going to be doing them again, like I said, in the summer. So if you are nearby, check them out, they're free, you know, like, and, uh, if they're going to do it the way I think they are, you have a chance to, like I said, check out some new gear that's coming out one, but two, then you could purchase it right there on the spot. Uh, so I, I think, uh, again, it's for me, like Dimitri said, it's super comfortable. I feel extremely safe. It's a lot less bulk that you're carrying in. Um, I even, I've even changed some of my setup as far as like, if, if you and I are hunting up here and we're going diving deeper, I bring my striker two pack just because if we're packing an, an animal out, if I know, like when I go back home, I change the backpack and it's just an easy swap. I just make sure I have my kill kit, swap that in and out. And all, and when I have my striker pack, I have my XL platform in the meat shelf there. When I use uh, the shape charge, I have the XL platform bag and it's, uh, what would you say? Buckled in to that. So then I have a kind of like another little makeshift open area and I could stuff clothing in there. Um, but I know I'm not hiking as far. Like that's when I'm back at home or if I'm hiking in just to certain spots here that I have access to. Uh, so I have two different pack setups depending on how far I'm going to go, but both are a lot lighter than carrying, like you said, a bigger piece of equipment on your back. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of stuff changes it. So I'm, I'm anxious to get my dad in one, you know, just to, quick little hunts that you know because he got both of his knees replaced <laughs> and he's able to he's done a great job he's done his physical therapy and but i said to him i'm like i think you know you might find this a little bit easier a little bit more comfortable and if you do it a little bit more and so we'll see i don't know and i just think the continuous bending of the knee for him with the climber could yeah. be tough tougher on longevity wise um but he's he's done a great job he killed a buck this year we talked about it on the podcast a little bit and you know which is awesome and shout out to my dad doing that so um yeah and then i use the xop sticks um the single steps yep minis yep and i think that's a great i mean i got them on sale oh you got them for dirt cheap uh so it's the older model so the newer newer i forget what they're called this year light they're supposed to be lighter or whatever the new ones that they had come out um they were kind of in the testing so that it was probably, I think it was around summer Yep. Um, that I got them and I got them three sticks for like 80 bucks. Yeah. And I mean, you that. can't beat that. And you know, there was, there's some plus and minus to them. Like I said, the, the single step is a little more difficult trying mm-hmm. to pull yourself up. And, and you know, I only had three with it. The first one having an eighter on it. Um, but I felt comfortable getting to about 15 to 18 feet, but yep. that's with, pretty big steps in between sticks um so with the single step that's a little more harder to grab onto i was basically holding on to the the uh step and my arm around the tree to get my leg up to pull myself up to get that high which was kind of uh, a con but i mean if you're looking for you know if you're looking to get into it and you're not quite sure if you want to spend the money or you spend a lot of money on the saddle itself which isn't cheap that's a great option as well to go with those. I don't know if they still have the the cheaper ones available. Even their um, 
new ones aren't terribly priced. You know, no. there's all kinds of sticks out there oh. that are great. And check classifieds because, you know, people yeah, like pe- me, people <laughs> like me need the, uh, the, the, the new stuff. But, uh, now like Dimitri said, you have opportunities to go, you know, you, you, you spend all that money on a platform and on a saddle and your ropes and tethered and your rope bands and all this stuff, it gets pricey. You know, it, it's, you know, it's the same thing if you go and buy, if you want the, whatever stand anymore it just seems like they're it's like you know potato tomato whatever tomato tomato and um the same thing goes like i had the timber ninja sticks uh which are super lightweight i get they have the built-in aider and i felt like this year i don't know what was going on uh great sticks i love jason and uh I, i couldn't get them the cam as well as i did year one i don't know if it, i switched out for i think a thinner rope i don't know if that i'm sure that probably had something to do with it so it's kind of my dumb you know my dumb doing i guess you could say and uh but i felt like i still needed one more stick you know what i mean i need like i just because i'm not a big guy so even my big you know step is still only getting me 16 to 18 feet probably um so i always try to look for a, a tree that has a nice big base at the bottom that i could kind of use that even to climb up and then get my foot in there just to get that extra foot, maybe foot and a half. Uh, but the new Skeletor sticks came out and I got a set of those just because, you know, just because, and four sticks, uh, I think for $200 or just over $200, um, man, they're sweet. Like they're really, really sweet. And, um, Obviously, they're a little bit more pricier than the 80 ones that Dimitri was talking about with his XOPs. But these are two stick are two uh, uh, steppers. They have two steps on them, and the way they come out, they come out to uh, away from the tree. And uh, man, what were I forget the old school stick that they kind of went off of and uh, the leverage or something like that. I'm butchering it. I know it, but uh, they were like an older style stick between that and then the hawk helium. You, they basically made a baby, which is the Skeletor. Uh, however, I did score a, uh, I sent you the link to that um, Ultimator, Ultimator. Mm-hmm. So I got a three-step Aider. And now, like, say if I were to use that, like, even if I run one Skeletor stick with that three-step Aider and then three of my Timber Ninja sticks, like, I feel like that's, for me, I could get as high as I can and, and, and be still very lightweight. Um, so I don't plan on ditching my timber ninjas at all. Uh, I might run, like I said, a combination of both. And with this three-step aider, holy cow, like I, I used it today just to mess around with as I was walking around doing trail cameras. And I could put that Skeletor stick above my head, wrap that around, pull it to cinch it down, and then I got three steps. So my first stick is like six foot. So that's, that's huge. And then you add in three more sticks with an aider. Um, you know, I'm probably, I should get 20 feet. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see how I, I wouldn't be able to now. Yeah. So we'll test it out during late season, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think too, going back to the, the teach and train tour, which, which I kind of experienced this year is going to them, even, you know, if you just want to try the saddle or maybe if you are a saddle hunter and you talked mm-hmm. about you know, see a new gear, mm-hmm. it's amazing of how everyone brings their stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, when we were there, I mean, several people had their sticks. They showed you how they, they pack things in. Like, yep. you know, and that's not even part of it. But yep. people bring everything. You know, everyone's brainstorming, like, how do you 
how do you pack in your sticks and your you know your gear what back what pack do you have mm-hmm. um what sticks do you have so you know if you're looking for a lot of this stuff in the market you know it's a great way to get your hands on it and see if you like it right yep. so you're gonna see you know how well or you know it's going to attach to the tree or the setup of it, uh, material being lightweight, um, versus being a heavier stick, you know, and price range, right. That way that you can make the best determination, whatever fits your budget, it's going to work best for your situation. Right. So, you know, again, go into these things or, you know, trade shows are going to be coming up here, coming up. They're actually going to have them this year. Tethered's coming to the PA outdoor one too. So they will be here in February. Yeah. So get your, hands on it look at it you know and then go and make the best assessment that's right for you yeah and if it's not saddle hunting there's tons of lightweight options tree stands and uh climbers still available all that type of stuff and hey man whatever gets you out in the woods you know that's that's your that's the main priority and and the main objective yeah so that's kind of the that side of things what else boots clothing saddle Uh, hunting yep bows bows you know i shot the uh had the prime the nexus, nexus 4, four um and i really didn't have any complaints about it no. this year no. it was a great bow mm-hmm. um it was my first time experience of prime and you know i was satisfied with it yeah. you know i haven't i've never come from a line of shooting a ton of different bows i've had them for a long time and you know, so I never was really switching or, you know, going to shoot different new ones just because, you know, I didn't have the budget to kind right. of continuously get one. So every large amount of years, I would eventually upgrade bows. So, um, so I, no complaints. I shot two deer with it. Yep. No negative comments. You know, I did like what they did with the new bows this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the complicated cam system is kind of, you know, I wouldn't know what to do with, with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you need all those strings. You, you legit need, when I finally put those strings on mine, you literally need four hands on deck. Like it, it's, it's so hard. And now with the new inline system, like you said, that's going to be a bow, uh, text dream just because mm-hmm. I, you're, I think you'll see a lot more primes and bow shops now. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, yeah. I mean, now only having three strings and I mean, it's, it's, pretty similar to the 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 what Hoyt's going on obviously their technology the way they have it hidden and wrapping around the cam is with the cables are a little bit different uh however it's uh I mean as a bow technician that's going to be a dream and I think you know before you'd say hey do you carry prime and you you already see that individual in that shop's Mm -hmm. eyes be like whoa you know because they're so afraid of it but they're such a great bow but now I think, like you said, Dimitri, I think a lot of people are going to, because of, I mean, Aaron Snyder loves the five. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're going to be in more bow shops this year and future than, than ever before. Yeah. And I'm not real nitpicky in gear, you yeah. know, so, yeah. you know, I'll just, whatever I have run with it. Yep. Um, but I did think they nailed it on the grip. You know, I, yeah, I never really, cool. you know, um, thought something was really great. Uh, but that grip I just felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm comparative ones I've experienced in the past. Um, and then I also had the, um, HHA mm-hmm. site. Tetra, Tetra. Tetra one. Yep. Uh, single pin. I really love that. Like I said, I'm huge component for whitetail with the single pin and, uh, which is odd too. You know, a lot of people stress that, Oh, you got to have multiple pin, but like you, but you, like, I always liked what you've always said. You've said it a couple times on the podcast. And so if, if you 
don't remember this or this is your first time tuning in or whatever, Dimitri, talk about how you practice with yours just to, you know, give give a idea of, of why you are single pin. Yeah. So, you know, we hunt a lot of thicker um, areas or bedding areas mm-hmm. where we're not going to have extremely long shots. And we talk about that all the time. You know, you're looking anywhere from 20 to maybe 40 yards would be like max for us. Yep. And that's, that's uh, pushing it for, for a lot of the areas we hunt. So we know we're not going to have that big gap with um, our ranges. So, you know, the biggest thing for me for single pin was, you know, having to have the time if that deer we may not see a deer until he's within range within 40 yards just because of the thickness so you know for you to have to pull your range finder out grab your bow range the deer then dial your pin single pin to the yardage and then pull back and shoot which is a great thing if you had the time to do and with practicing that you know the exact yardage and you can dial that which is not always the case is especially mm-hmm. during the rut right the right. deer's running and back and forth and everything's happening so fast i felt myself not having time to do that well i didn't have be felt comfortable shooting with not even though i knew the yardage of kind of playing that game well my pin's at 20 he's at 27 mm-hmm. i need to aim a little bit high i didn't really like that um just because i didn't practice it right right so in the off season and i talked about it a lot that i was gonna that was one change i was gonna make if i was gonna stick to a single pin so what i did is i knew that probably i would say 90 percent of my shots were going to be between anywhere from probably 30 yards or less. Mm-hmm. So I f- figured I would set my pin at 25 and then I would see from probably from 25 or less at different, I shot at 20, 15, 10, 25, and then 30 as well. And I kind of learned of if I didn't move that pin of how high or low I was shooting at those distances, that way I could keep my pin at that range mm-hmm. and just play that game and know my arrow weight of how it was going to drop or, you know, what the flight was going to be at those uh, different ranges. So then I didn't have to take that time to adjust, right? right? You know, whether we all range trees before, you know, once we get in there, the light comes up. Um, so we know where that deer is at. And if you don't, then, you, you know, just the grab your rangefinder, range the deer real quick, put it back in. And then if you don't have to dial that and take that extra step, you're probably going to have a better chance of getting a shot opportunity. Right. And um, so I really honed on that with my, um, and I felt really comfortable with my arrow weight of how things were going to be. I didn't really have a lot of drop. Um, drop. I, I knew that I could go to about 30 yards and only have, be about an inch maybe two inches max low yeah um, which is not a lot to compensate for uh but then if i was at 35 or 40 i knew that in between those ranges that the only way i was going to shoot that way if the deer was standing there and i could range and then i could dial and i had that time Mm -hmm. and i just knew i wouldn't take a quick shot opportunity at those ranges. So that was just right. kind of where I felt comfortable. And that's how I kind of play it, played it out. And I just like the single pin. Cause I, 
I just get uh, ADHD and I'm, you know, some of yeah. them um, kind of distract me a little bit. Yep. And I just like to focus on that one pin. And I know, like I said, this year, I really felt like I was not rushing the shot. I was really going through the process slowly, making sure I was anchored properly and settling that pin before I fired. And I kind of, like I said, both of my doe and my buck that I got um, killed this year, I almost punched the trigger and I kind of almost talked myself out of it. And then I kind of re-anchored and settled that pin and shot and yeah. made two great shots. So That's awesome. No, I, I think that's, again, you, you got to do your homework. And you did, and you had, <laughs> luckily you did mm-hmm. because you had, you know, two great kill shots, uh, recovered your deer easily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what it's about. So, uh, I think anybody that is like Dimitri said, I like that sight picture. I, you know, I grew up shooting three pins and, uh, I always felt like Dimitri said, I'm always looking at, okay, which one, make sure I'm on the right one. And you know, it was just kind of all over the place. And then once I switched that single pin, it's, it's, you know, it, it changes, it changed a lot for me. And, uh, I like if you go out there and you practice and, you know, the cool thing about too, the, the saddle going back to that is it's easy to get up a one stick, you know, put your platform even on the, on the ground and you can practice that way. You know, I know a lot of people that do that. There was a couple of people I met, uh, at the Philadelphia teaching train tour. And then the one that we did, uh, the one gentleman, uh, I hope he's listening. I, I apologize. I forget his name. Real cool dude that, that that was there at ours, Dimitri, and he's like, "Yeah, put a telephone pole in my back yard." <laughs> I'm like, "Hell yeah, man, that's awesome!" So, uh, you know, just uh, you know, because I don't think he had trees or whatever to, mm-hmm. that he had the capability to do. Not here, you do, but uh, you know, that's pretty sweet just to go put that telephone pole in their yard and just strap on that friggin' platform, and you could, you know, practice you know shooting that way. So, yeah, I think you do your homework. I, I think the the sites are are awesome. Uh, like Dimitri said, the HHAs are, are great. We have had no issues with them. They're bomb proof. Uh, I like the way you could dial in the, uh, starburst on mm-hmm. it. So like, if you don't need as much light bringing in, you could just turn that, uh, there. So, you know, tons of new things. They have new features out on their sites and dialed archery's coming out with a, with a site. Those guys over there, they're coming out with one spot hog. I'm sure is going to, I know last year they came out with their triple, triple stack or something they call it so i'm sure they're going to have something new this year who knows um but yeah if you're in the market for a new site you have plenty of options to go out there uh and and pick something um we both shot wrist releases this year which one did you you were the hawk Hawk, b3 hawk b3 hawk um i went back to the old trusty scott echo um i tried a bunch of different ones this past you know, you're to see which ones I like. I really like the, the Hawk, the one that Dimitri's shooting. I like that hook style. It's a great, great release. Uh, I think, uh, AJ uses that even, um, I went to from Knights of the apex. He has that, he has the, uh, one on the, I don't even know what you call them. Like you have the one that's like the, has the neck to it. Yeah. His doesn't like his is like how my Scott echo is. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, great. You know, I, I've, even before coming over here, uh, the record with Dimitri, I was shooting in the garage. I made this cool little bag target thing hanging from the rafters of my garage and I can hang it from just to get eight yard shot in there and just to have it eye level, you know, mm-hmm. so that way I'm not like anchoring down and getting bad habits. Um, you know, just kind of like what Dimitri said, I've, I've, I felt pretty good. This is the best I've felt, 
uh, shooting in a, in a while. Um, just kind of finally feel good, feel better. We're going to do an indoor league this year. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, that's pretty exciting at the West Branch Sportsman's Club. If yeah. anyone's local, yeah, um, they have a 3D, 3D, be, yep, indoor. I mean, they have some awesome targets. So it's probably going to be the same targets as their outdoor range mm-hmm. and. There's three nights where you can, I think it was Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, if you're if you're into the scoring and you want to be competitive, you just have to go, I think it's 7 to 10 On at one night. one of those nights. One yeah. of the nights and shoot and, and get your score in. Or, you know, like for me, I'm not going to be crazy competitive. Yeah. But I'm just going to be there to practice, hone my skills, and um, try to be dialed in more in the – the uh, winter season which yep. we don't typically do as much yep. so that's a great opportunity it's it's nice to have things like that mm-hmm. which probably a lot of people's area that you know a lot of that's not available to them yep. but if it is it's a great opportunity to you know again just get so with some buddies and you yep. know some people like-minded people and talk hunting and have shoot fun. a little bit so yeah. that's exciting i'm i'm gonna be happy to do that yeah, this year that's gonna be fun me you and ian doing yeah. that that's gonna be a good time so yeah so come join us and yeah you know get involved with some stuff like that i mean i think that's something that's dying off a little bit yeah you know i think it was more popular maybe when we were younger some some leagues and stuff like that but uh let's bring it back yeah heck yeah no i'm all for it supporting local you know people as well and yeah uh what would you what broadheads did you kill with the severs yes i use the sever so um the the buck that i shot and didn't recover yep um i used the Ozcut hurricane yep. which is a, a three blade that they have um it was my first year using a fixed blade yeah which i kind of wanted to transition to this year and try uh again nothing with them yeah you know i mean i think any broadhead probably 99% of them out there. If you make a good ethical shot, you're going to get a deer. Yep. Right. Um, so not downplaying them. Yep. So, you know, take full responsibility on my own part for that. But, uh, after that, I mean, I had a great blood trail, Yeah. you know, so, I mean, we talk (laughs) about it all the time and I think about it on a daily basis of how much blood there was and we didn't recover that deer. Um, so again, nothing, to, nothing to them or the broadheads that they have. Yep. Um, but severs never let me down. Yeah. I mean, knock on wood, but, uh, I've never lost a deer with a sever. I really think they're a great mechanical broadhead out there. So I use the, uh, the two inch cut and I shot my doe, my buck with that. Yep. Um, they just, the hole that they make is devastating. Yeah. You know I mean? I, I, and again, there's a lot out there and try a couple different ones out and see which one you like yeah you know but that's the one that i keep going back to and um if it doesn't let you down keep keep using yeah. it yeah if it ain't broke don't fix it right that's right yeah. so I that's mean, the and, motto. They, and they have some good deals right oh you heck know? Yeah. um they just had a really good deal black friday mm-hmm. time so um you can stock up on broadheads and yeah. you know use them and yeah, they offer, they have uh, four heads. They got the Robusto, which is like the 150 grain head, I think two inch cut, the two inch cut, normal titanium. Uh, and then they have the 1.7 and the one and a half. And the 1.7s are the ones, they're the quote unquote all purpose ones that they always have sale. Like you could get them for like eight bucks. Seven, yeah, there was like seven something. They had them on sale there for a while. 
But uh, the nice thing is about the severs I've found is with that ferrule tip, mm-hmm. titanium, that those things are rock solid. Yeah. Um, I've shot deer. I've missed deer, hit rocks, stumps, you know, bone. And uh, you would not know that the tips yeah. uh, had any impact. Right. Now, the blades definitely need to probably replace those, yeah. you know, which which isn't a terrible price as well. It's like 13 bucks for like a three pack of replaceable blades, which is an easy thing to do with a with a small on round wrench that they supply. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, you know, it's whatever you like to like to use. Yep. Some people are mechanical, some are fixed blade fiends, and that's just yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah. Like Dimitri said, ultimately any broadhead, if you hit it, you know, whatever animal you're, you're in a boiler room and you make a good shot, it's 99% <laughs> is going to do its job. Uh, so yeah, I'm, you know, it, nothing changed really, you know, I'm still trying to fling one. <laughs> we got late season though coming up. So hopefully we could see what happens. We'll send a rec broadhead, a sever broadhead. And I got a, uh, rec broadheads, which are, we, we gave that those away in our, in our giveaway, the mechanical, one is the one it's very similar to a sever head uh and kind of like what dimitri said i flung one at a coyote at like 60 yards uh one of the days when i was up on uh up on public up here and i just missed uh and you know that's a far shot for me in in the saddle and <laughs> going after a coyote i just missed it and when I recovered that, kind of like what Dimitri said, I was very happy with how actually even the blades on it, it, it the arrows dove right into the ground. When I pulled it out, the blades actually were, were fine. Um, no bent, no nothing. Um, they were clean. And uh, because they're they're thicker than the severs, uh, but the ferrule, the, the tip of it was still perfect. Um so I was impressed with that. I think they're, you know, they're USA made it as well in, in Michigan and they supported us with giving them a, a set of their fixed blade, which they're coming out with a four blade fixed here next year. So, um, seem like great people, you know, just maybe we could get them on to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about broadhead. So we'll see what, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, I like Dimitri said, you know, nothing crazy for right now. I'm, I'm excited for indoor league. That's for, yep. for dang sure. Yeah, and um, the only thing I would say that if you're going to run trail cameras and you're like us. <laughs> Stay away from ultra. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great cameras out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people like cell cameras. Some people don't. Some people don't have service. I'll tell you what, the, the Tasco that I got yeah. from Walmart did the trick. Yep. You know, and... and you know, if you're going to have a bunch of cameras and you're worried about them getting stolen, you know, you only need to see what that deer looks like, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not framing any of these pictures, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> to put on my wall. But uh, this Tasco, $27 from Walmart. Yeah. And uh, I picked it up just for an extra camera. I wanted to give it a try. We hunt a lot of public ground. So, you know, we had our first camera stolen this year Mm -hmm. after how many years. Uh, So if you don't want to spend the money for locks, you know, this is a great camera to buy. Had no issues with it. Took great pictures. Yep. I actually put it back out today to to see what kind of 
run some inventory. So you can pick up a lot of cameras for, you know, you can get three or four of them for probably what you could get for one of some of the other brands. I mean, if you want better quality pictures, probably a little bit more reliable in the long run, well, then you can spend the extra money. Again, it's all about what's your budget and what purpose you're serving. If you want video, if you want cell camera, again, we could talk about price range and and this is the best that's the best (laughs) but uh you just got to look at it all yeah what's best for your budget but you know for me um i just want to see what's there yeah and i'm gonna probably pick up a few more yeah before next season but that's the thing like you know i I, i've said this now on multiple episodes different ones even going back to one of our first couple about i always complain about moultrie but i said to dimitri i keep sucking in to the whole the price sometimes Mm -hmm. like you get them on sale for dirt cheap and it's like oh it's just a dirt cheap camera you know like whatever and i order i get them get them and they never work like every time and i don't know maybe i and there's probably hundreds of people that have them that don't have issues with them and you know i'm not talking bad i'm not, i'm not but it's just i just can't seem to catch a break with moultrie <laughs> you know like um but that's you know that's even like one that we use down below that one stopped working yeah this year you know i didn't even set it out I just even putting new camera or new batteries in it and getting it ready, going through inventory, wouldn't even turn on. I'm like, okay. So then I bought a new one uh, from their website because they do like the refurbished ones. Now, mm-hmm. yes, it's refurbished, but you know it turns on. But I pulled that camera today, and I walk. I know I walked in front of it a bunch of times prior to pulling it, and there was nothing on there. So, um, so yeah, that one's broken we had an i had another moultrie stolen this year that's the one that was stolen that was a cell one actually and one of the two deltas that i had which is their new cell one uh the one that was stolen was one of their previous ones i think from last year that i got on sale but one of the new deltas of the two stopped working so mm-hmm. yeah and so i would say as far as reliability goes i've had zero issues with my tacticam reveals I've had zero issues with them. The Tascos, zero issues with them. They've done a great job. That one I bought from Amazon was great. And the uh, my favorite is still, I mean, that Exodus one. I think that takes great camera, like great photos. Uh, I think to the, uh, I like the features on it with their, uh, you can put a security code on it. Uh, and then they have the stolen warranty. So if it does get stolen, you have a nice little warranty with that as well. Um, their guys just, you know, doing their own thing as well. Mm-hmm. So they have the podcast and everything like that. I never had a chance to really meet them or know them or anything like that. That's just me buying a camera one time they had it on sale. Plus with THP 10 or something, I got another 10% off on it two years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, so far they're, they're kind of my top cameras, I guess that have been the most reliable, but like Dimitri said, you you get one on sale at Walmart, Tasco for twenty five bucks. You buy four of them for a hundred bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. No. So, and that's a we want to run a little more camera, which we did in yeah the summer into the season, which we wanted to do this year. And now I want to continue that. Yeah. And I never really ran cameras much after the season mm-hmm. until summer. Mm-hmm. And we've heard multiple people on our podcast talk about this is the time to kind of dial in on a mature buck, where his bedding is, how he moves, because it's going to be very similar to the next fall. So 
I want to kind of continue that, yeah. which is, is, you know, something you can do, which I would typically like just to get boots on the ground come January, February, into March, you know, with kids and family, it's, it's tough, but you can take one day, get those trail cameras out, let them do your work, do your homework, try to find that mature buck, see where he's bedding, and then start to make a game game plan going yeah. into the summer. So definitely going to try to do that a little bit more this year. That's the goal coming up. Yeah. That and then the indoor league shooting more. Yeah. And I'm ready for next season already. Yeah. <laughs> How about it, man? No, that's cool. Yeah. So everybody, I think, uh, you know, to kind of wrap wrap this episode up, that's kind of like what Demetri and I were using this year, uh, kind of the more of quote unquote highlights of the gear. Uh, I wouldn't say anything else jumped off 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 that we could think of right now. Um, but yeah, we, we will try to have other little gear mini series um, where we can hopefully bring some people on. Uh, like we were saying, you know, whether it be someone from uh, a boot manufacturer and if you have questions or certain things, they may not be as long as uh, of an episode that we normally produce, but uh, we'll get some people on so you could get interacting with them. So that will be kind of what we'll do you know, a couple of weeks from now or something. Yeah. So like just an example of that is, you know, if we have Brian on from America's best yeah. bowstrings, right. He can, you know, do another episode, kind of give you what's new, um, explain about the strings if, and we can give our input of we've shot them for, you know, three years, three now. years coming now. Yeah. So we can give our input on them and, you know, how we've ha- experienced them in the field and, uh, sh- shooting our bows. And then if you have any questions, you can jump on bullhorn or send Jeremy a message before the episode. Yep. If you can't get on live and we'll ask Bryant that, that question. Yep. And then you can listen to the podcast or if you're live, you can expand on your question if you have right to them. So I think that's a great way for you to interact with, uh, some of these people and companies, and not just have to listen to what questions we have, right? Right. You know, so um, that way you can be the one to kind of interact with that person and ask your questions personally and then kind of have that one-on-one conversation. So that's a great way for you to um, answer your questions. 100%. Exactly what Dimitri said. So check for that coming out here soon. And... Enjoy the holidays. Uh, we we're going to try to get one more recorded this week. So we're it's the uh, it's Sunday the nineteenth right now. We're going to try to get one more recorded uh, before Christmas to have for the following week. So that way we can continue <laughs> every week. Uh, but you know, enjoy some time uh, with the family and, and the holidays. And if you're going to be like me, come next week chasing deer. Let's get after it. I'm fired up. I'm, it's like a whole new opening day. For, oh yeah. You know, I know it's. Uh, luckily it's not like feet of snow still or right now and i I, you know before we went live i was telling dimitri i'm excited it looks like we might have like one inch of snow monday tuesday a little bit uh i can't get out till wednesday because of family obligations i won't be getting home till tuesday night but heck yeah first light wednesday morning i'm out so hopefully we uh my goal's two that day there you go. <laughs> one of more. I'm going to go from not shooting any deer to hopefully getting two in one day. That's a, that's a big uh, goal. Uh, probably I won't even see anything now. But all right. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. And hopefully we'll catch you on the next one. Till next time, Antler up. 
And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for all your continued support. It truly means the world to us. Enjoy time with your family this holiday season, and Merry Christmas to you all. Don't forget to check us out over at www.antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, as well as our Go, Go Wild accounts. Thank you again, everybody. Have a great week. Antler Up.